Well, we're going to start a new series today called Awakening, a new level of pursuit and passion for God. If you have your Bible this morning, you can turn to Romans chapter 13, or if you have your device, you can go there. We'll get there in a few moments. But it's a brand new year for us with brand new opportunities. It's, it's an opportunity for us to shake off the dust of 2015. Um, if there were any offenses in 2015, if anyone offended you, here's a good opportunity to shake it off. Forgive them and shake it off, okay? If you offended someone in 2015, here's a good opportunity. Go to them, ask for forgiveness so you can start new. Let's start new and start fresh, Right, All of the things that happened in 2015, sickness, uh, financial trouble, all of those things, here's an opportunity for us to shake those things off. Now, we understand that circumstances sometimes don't, may not have changed right away, but opportunity presents itself for God to move, and we have to open up ourselves for that. I mean, it's all about God. It's not about us, and that's what we're going to be talking about. We're talking about awakening, pursuing a new level of passion for God. One of the things that came across my mind as this holiday season was going on and I was uh, thinking about Christmas and I was thinking about family and all of the things that we do one for another, I thought how during the holiday season that people really are unselfish, more so than the rest of the year. And they do things for others that they wouldn't do normally. And then there are even selfish people that become unselfish for about a two-week period during that time. Right? And uh, I thought about that. And I thought about how we make an effort to do that during that time of year. Or we have to make an effort and to be on purpose to be unselfish and to be uh, compassionate and all of those things. And God smacked me in the head with something. He said, uh, that's, that's okay to a point. But there's got to come a point where you are awakened to the fact that you don't do that on purpose because it's already who you are. It should be a natural thing. You should just be a compassionate person. Be, not do compassionate things. You should be a compassionate person. See, we, man likes to name things. And uh, we have to understand what that means. Man, even people who don't believe in God, know that there's something greater than themselves. They won't admit it. And and the love that God has for his people is uh, unrealized to us. And not only that, it's incomprehensible to us. And so man likes to put a name on things. And so we call it altruism. You know, doing something more for someone else than we do for our our own selves. But when you have a a love and you define it it emotionally or you define it sort of as altruistic, I believe that you don't really understand love at all. Not God's love. That's the limit of what we can do. When we say, oh, love, it's emotional, I feel, you know, for that other person. I would just do anything for them more than I would do for myself because I just love them so much and it's so emotional. You fall short because God did much more than that. When you're altruistic, oh, yeah, you know, uh, at the expense of myself, you know, I'll do this thing for you. And now I have love. You fall short. That sounds kind of harsh, doesn't it? But I'm telling you, it doesn't even 
touch or scratch the tip of the iceberg of the love that God is. Not the love that he has, but the love that he is. God wants us this year, especially us in this congregation, but I believe the church as a whole, to have an awakening. To awaken for our eyes to be opened to who he is. And then once our eyes are open to who he is, our eyes will then be open to who we are. You cannot understand fully who you are until you understand first who he is. Who God is. He's much more than you could ever imagine or dream about. I love, love, love the statement that says God is not in the universe, but the universe is in God. That's incomprehensible because I don't know how big the universe is. I mean, when people talk about billions of stars and light years and all of these, it's too much for me. And God is bigger than that. This is the God that you served. And this year is a year that he wants us to awaken to who he is. Once we're able to do that, saints, friends, once we're able to do that, God will begin to shine a light on you. Now, some of that you're not going to like. (laughs) Come on. But he's also going to shine the light on the part that he deposited in you. To say, yeah, there's all of this stuff in you that once I shine the light on it, you're not going to like. But now I want you to hone in onto what I have deposited in you. My spirit. I want you to hone in on that. That you are a new creature. All things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. All things have become new. And now you can see that you're an overcomer. You're not just saying it. It's not just a phrase in church. Oh, I'm an overcomer. I'm highly favored. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. It's not just a saying, but you see it because you're awakened to it. That you are the head and not the tail. That you are above, never again to be beneath. That's who you are. And that's what God is trying to show you. He wants us to awaken to that this year. Awaken to who you are in him. Otherwise, we'll be like a hamster in a wheel. We'll keep doing the same things. Keep having the same offenses over and over. Keep having the same sicknesses and diseases over and over. Keep having the same financial problems over and over. Keep having the same relationship problems, whether it's with our spouse or with our family member, over and over. Keep having the same habits and addictions over and over. I don't know about you, but I'm tired of the over and over. I'm ready for something new in God. Come on, God in Revelation said all things become new. All things have passed away. God wants us to realize who we are in him. And the only way we can do that is to wake up. It's to wake up. Now I'm wondering who would take a stand with me this year and say that I'm going to go deeper in God. I am going to go deeper. Come on, lift your hand if you want to do that. I know I do. I want to go deeper in him this year. I want to know more. 
Come on, I don't know all that there is to know about God. I don't know all there is to know about myself. I don't know all there is to know about faith. I don't know all there is to know about possible. What's possible? I want to know more. What else is possible? Come on. There's a hunger that we have to have for that thing. Because it is there. What is possible? I want you to say a prayer with me this morning. If you believe that, if you lifted your hand, I'm going to put a prayer. Go ahead, Lisa. Put this prayer up on the board. And I want you to say this awakening prayer with me this morning. See, this is our prayer for 2016. All right? Come on, say that with me. One, two, three. In Jesus' name, by the power of the blood shed on the cross, by the authority of the Scriptures... I declare this to be a year of amazing fruitfulness and bountiful supply with an increase of God's presence and a new level of passion for God, for church, and for people. Awaken me, Lord. Make me thirsty for you, and my soul will follow hard after you. Say that last line beginning with awaken me. Say that one, two, three. Awaken me, Lord. Make me thirsty Come on. Make me thirsty. Hallelujah. Glory. God will make us thirsty for him. How many know that water tastes so much better when you're thirsty for it? Come on. When you're thirsty for it. God is so much better than we know. But some of us are just not thirsty. We need to be thirsty for God with a hunger. That's why we're doing this fast together. As one unit, as one body together. Yes, it's a sacrifice. Come on. I know because I know in America we like to eat. I know because I'm an American. (laughs) Come on. I know we like to eat. I understand that. But God is telling you, if you will sacrifice for me, oh, the things that I will show you. I will satisfy you much more than a hamburger or a chicken. Come on. I will satisfy you much more than any physical thing could ever satisfy you. I am ready to take you to new heights. I am ready to take you to a new level. And I know a new level has become a cliche in the church, but that doesn't make it less true. God is going to take us to a new, deeper, higher level in him this year in 2016. But you got to be thirsty and you have to have a hunger for him. You have to have a hunger for it. Are you satisfied in this flesh? Are you satisfied with what you see in the mirror every morning when you wake up? Are you satisfied with where you are in life? Come on. Are you satisfied with where you are in God? Is this all there is? There's got to be more. There's got to be more than this. And God is going to show it to us. But he wants us to be thirsty. Now awaken, when I say awaken, it has some different shades of, def- of biblical definition. Here's what I'm talking about when I'm talking about awaken. Awaken is this. Awaken is to be shaken into excitement. It's to be shaken into excitement. Here's what I mean. 
Some of you have children, and you know that when it's time to go to school, or better yet, when it's time to go to church, you got to go wake them up. They're not ready to get up. So you got to kind of shake them a little bit sometimes. Shake them awake. I'm talking about a spiritual awakening. How many of you, and don't raise your hand, have maybe had a family member or a child or a parent or someone that you know and you see the decisions that they're making and you know it's not right? You know they're on the road to destruction. You try to talk to them and they go, uh huh, uh huh, but they're really not listening to you because their actions do something different than what you tell them to do. You feel like going over to them, grabbing them by the shoulders and shaking them and say, wake up! You're on the road to destruction. You are going to destroy your marriage if you keep this up. You are going to destroy your finances if you keep doing this. You're going to mess up your schooling if you keep not going to wake up. This is what the Holy Spirit is doing to the church. God gave me a prophetic word. And that word is awaken for our church specifically. Awaken, awaken is what the Holy Spirit is doing to us. Awaken. Don't be satisfied with where you are. If you're on the road to destruction, awaken. If you're standing still in the muck, awaken. If you're on your boat and you feel like you're on easy street, out drifting on the lake, he's telling you to awaken because you'll drift right away. You'll drift right away. Awaken is to cease from sleeping. It's time to wake up. Biblical sleeping means to be in a slumber. It means you can walk right through life with your eyes open, yet you're sleeping. Sleeping, walking right through life. Same thing over and over, day after day, making the same decisions. Come on, what's the definition of insanity? The same thing over and over, expecting a different result. It's going to be the same. Come on. But God is saying, wake up from your sleep. You ever seen somebody just staring off into space? I try to talk to my son sometimes. You need to do the dishes. Okay. You need to do the dishes. Okay. Hey! Oh, okay. That's <laughs> what God has to do to us sometimes. Come on. Wake up. Listen. Come on. We're moving. The train is leaving the station. We're going. The cloud is moving. Have faith. Let's go. Awaken is to be aroused to attention. Wake up. It is to be filled with the fire of God. It's not just to be aware. Now all of a sudden I'm aware. Okay. But no, it's aware with a fire, with a hunger, with a thirst. The fire of God. That's the awakening we're talking about this morning. Awaken is to have a fervent desire for God. A desire. We need more of a desire for Him. Now I'm going to be talking about five different awakenings. Today, we're already into it and we're, we're tackling awakening hunger. We're going to talk about awakening alignment. Come on, how many know that if we're going to the new level in God, we need to align ourselves with Him. 
He's not going to align himself with us. We need to align ourselves with him. And our first step is what we're doing this week with that fast. When we fast and pray, we're aligning ourselves with God. And then I'm going to talk about awakening abandonment. That's the I surrender all. There's a new level of I surrender all. It's not, yeah, Lord, I'll give it to you. This, I'm going to keep an eye on. No, give him everything. I surrender all. Then we're going to talk about awakening agreement. Can two walk together lest they be agreed? It can't happen. You won't advance. At best, you'll stay where you are. And I'm tired of staying where we are. It's time to advance. And then awakening anticipation. That means hope in every area of your life. An expectation. I expect God to do something because he is a man of his word. Come on, he is of his word. His word does not return to him void. I have an expectation. An expectation. Romans chapter 13, verse 11. In fact, I'll read on down to verse 14. But Romans chapter 13, verse 11 says this. And do this knowing the time that now it is high time to what? To wake out of sleep. For now our salvation is nearer than when we first believed. Now it goes on to say the night is far spent. The day is at hand. Therefore let us cast off the works of darkness. And let us put on the armor of light. Let us walk properly as in the day. Not revelry and drunkenness, not in lewdness and lust, not in strife and envy, but put on the Lord Jesus Christ. Wake up. Another version puts it like this. Another version says, but make sure, listen to this closely now. It says, make sure that you don't get so absorbed and exhausted and taking care of all of your day-by-day obligations. Our day-by-day obligations are important. But God is telling us don't get so absorbed in that. That you lose track of time and doze off. Come on. Oblivious to God. Here's the thing. The night is about over. Dawn is about to break. Come on. That's a prophetic word. For the life church. The night is about over. Dawn is about to break. Now be up and be awake to what God is doing. God is putting the finishing touches on the salvation work that he began when we first believed. Be awake, be aware, notice it. Be cognizant of what God is doing. Like Motel 6 commercial, don't miss your wake-up call. Come on. You know, I was, I was, was kind of thinking about that as well. They, you know, these, these hotels have these commercials, and then they, they talk about how comfortable their beds are, you know, and how comfortable the room is and all of these things. And it's just a great thing. You know, you go on vacation or, or to a conference or wherever it may be, and you want a comfortable room and all of that. And uh, because, you know, you, you just want to relax. You don't want any distractions. You just want to relax. 
But then what happens if the next day comes and you're supposed to be uh, down in the ballroom at the conference at 9 a.m. or wherever it is, and, but you slept because you were too relaxed? See, I don't want my bed to be that relaxed. I want to be aware. So when the wake-up call comes, I'm ready. See, the peace of God passes all understanding. And if we'll immerse ourselves in God, we'll be able to float on cloud nine, as it were, in the spirit. But we'll never miss the wake-up call. But if our eyes are turned from God, if we're not in tune, if we haven't fasted and we haven't prayed, we're on a different cloud nine. And we'll miss the wake-up call. I don't know about you, but I don't want to miss that wake-up call. Another version that says this, this is all the more urgent, for you know how late it is. Time is running out. Wake up. And yet another translation, knowing the strategic season, this is an hour now for you to awake. In case you're confused about what we're talking about this morning, it is wake up. Be awake. Now, many of us are in need of a wake-up call. You may see yourself in here. But some of those that may be in need of awakening are those who might say some of these things. You might say, I'm stuck. I'm stuck. I'm stuck in my job. I'm stuck in my marriage. I'm stuck wherever it may be. I'm stuck. In order to bust through the wall. See, there was a movement, what I believe was a movement, in the church some years ago, still kind of going on, this thing about breakthrough. Your breakthrough is here. You need a breakthrough. Oh, there's, a, there's TV programs called Breakthrough, and they're standing up on chairs hollering about breakthrough, and here's this time for you to break through. Well, here's what I, I believe God is saying. If you want to break through, you need to wake up. Because if you, go, if you try to break through with your eyes closed, you're not going to get anything but a concussion. Come on. That's all you're going to get. You're going to get some head trauma. Stop trying to break through blind. First, wake up. Understand who he is. Understand who you are. You can break through very easily with faith. All you have to do is believe in God and have the corresponding action to go along with it. That's faith. That's the breakthrough. You can't go, I'm just going to break. I'm just going to do it. It's not going to work because you're not strong enough. But your faith is. God is strong enough. Come on. What about I'm frustrated? Come on. You don't have to raise your hand, but I've been there. Frustrated. In fact, if you're never frustrated, I would think something might be wrong with you. (laughs) Come on. But if you're frustrated, the way to get over that is to wake up. Realize who you are. I'm slipping. You ever felt like I'm slipping? I'm slipping back spiritually. I'm slipping back financially. I'm slipping in these areas of my life. Oh, my job, I'm slipping back. You need an awakening. I'm empty. I'm not full. I'm bound up. I'm afraid. What about I'm longing? Person who's longing. I'm lukewarm. Some days I'm on fire. Some days I'm not. Some days I love the Lord. Some days I just don't feel like it. I'm lukewarm. God doesn't like that. I'm desperate. I'm indifferent. It really doesn't matter to me. I can go to church. I don't have to go to church. You can sing that song. You don't have to sing that song. We can lift our hands. We don't have to lift our hands. God can bless me. He doesn't have to bless me. You're indifferent. But God wants you to make a stand. Wake up. 
We are beginning our awakening journey with fasting and prayer. And it's very important what we're about to do. It's very important. I don't want you to take it lightly, participating in this thing. You're together. We are locking arms together. And we're going on a journey together. Isaiah 58, 6 and 8 says this. Is this not the fast I have chosen? To loose the bonds of the wickedness. To undo, listen, heavy burdens. To let the oppressed go free. We sang it this morning, freedom. And that you break every yoke, every yoke of bondage God wants to break. He want, And this is the fast he's called you to, to break every yoke of bondage. Is it not to share your bread with the hungry? And that you bring to your house the poor who are cast out. When you see the naked, that you cover him and not hide yourself from your own flesh. Then your light shall break forth in the morning. Your healing shall spring forth speedily. You want to be healed? You want some healing? You want healing in your family? It'll spring forth speedily. And your righteousness shall go before you. So you'll walk into it. The glory of the Lord shall be your rear guard. Righteousness before me, the glory of the Lord behind me. I cannot lose. I'm in good hands. Come on. But it takes a pursuit. It takes a thirst. It takes a hunger. Joel 2, 12, 13 says, Now therefore says the Lord, turn to me with all of your heart with fasting, with weeping, with mourning. So rend your heart, not your garments. Return to the Lord your God, for he is gracious and merciful, slow to anger and of great kindness, and he relents from doing harm. Blow the trumpet in Zion. Consecrate a fast and call a sacred assembly. That's what we're doing. That's what I'm doing. We're calling a fast. We're consecrating a sacred assembly that we can get rid of all of the muck and the mire from 2015 and before, and that we can wake up and see clearly what God is doing. We can see. 2 Chronicles 20, verse 3 and 4, Jehoshaphat feared and set himself to seek the Lord. He proclaimed a fast throughout all of Judah. So Judah gathered together to ask help from the Lord. And from all the cities of Judah, they came to do what? To seek the Lord. To seek the Lord. God said, seek my face while it may be found. I'm trying to get across to you this morning the urgency of what God is calling you to. To wake up. He's standing on the corner. As wisdom stands on the corner and shouts out, go this way. Do not go that way. Go this way. Here, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father except by me. Come to me, all ye who are heavy laden. Bring all of your burdens to me. Because the ones I give you, they're light. And the yoke that I put on you, it's easy. Because I'm going to guide you into righteousness. I'm going to guide you into prosperity. I'm going to guide you into health. Come on. That's where my yoke is going to take you. 
It's what God is calling out to us this day. This first Sunday of 2016, he's calling out to us. Wisdom is calling to you. You won't hear a clearer call than you do this morning from God. He's calling to you. What are we talking about? Prayer and fasting. Here's my definition. Prayer and fasting is defined as voluntarily going without food, but for a purpose. If you just go without food, then you're not really fasting. You can do that. Let me just go on a diet. That's good. Some of us need that. But it is in order to focus and rely on God's strength, provision, and wisdom. Taking our eyes off of the things of this world and focusing our thoughts on God. There are a lot of circumstances around a lot of us. Listen, we could get together in a room and we could wallow and wail about all kind of things that happened just in 2015, probably just in the second half of 2015. Maybe in the last month of the year, we could get together and talk about all the bad things and how the enemy is attacking me and the devil sure is chasing me and this is happening and that person is doing that to me and that person said that thing about me and my health is failing and I need some more money. And we could talk about all kinds of things and all kinds of circumstances. And that's exactly what the enemy would want you to do. Get together and talk about your circumstances. But God is calling you to focus on him. Turn your focus to me. Turn your eyes to Jesus. He said, if you focus on me, all the other stuff will be taken care of. Focus on me. I'll give you insight. I'll give you wisdom. I'll do miracles. I'll miraculously cancel debt. Or I'll tell you exactly what to do and how to get out of it. Even though you messed it up. Come on. But focus on me. I have the way. I'm I'm the way. I am the truth. I am the life. Come on. Focus on me. I don't care where you are. I don't care how down you are. I don't care how far you are. God's arms are long. His reach is strong. He can get to you. All you have to do is turn toward him. Put your thoughts on God. Now, here's a few things. I'll go through these quickly. We're about done. But here's, here's what, here's what this, this prayer and fasting is going to do for us. If you have something to write with, you might want to write these down because this is what it's going to do for us during these 10 days that we start on Thursday. Fasting does many things, but I'm just going to give you about eight of them. It removes distractions. Why do we fast? Well, it removes distractions. Helps me to focus on God. I want to focus on you. Removes distractions. Number two, Fasting concentrates on God. Now, we talked about this. Get the sermon from last week if you don't have it. Look at it on the website. We talked about this. The focus is not on the food. The focus is not on, oh, well, I'm not eating this, and I'm eating that, and can I eat this, and can I eat that. That's not the focus. That's something that we, that we have to incorporate. That's part of it. We've tried to help you. We put the stuff on the website so you can go through that Listen and stick to it. Now, on the other hand, that's not an excuse. That doesn't mean, well, since he said that, then I can just, you know, eat anything I want to. No, we're doing this together. But as you do it, my point is the focus is on God. You need to concentrate on God during this whole time. Concentrate on him. Pray every day. Yes, every day. 
Read your word every day. Come on. Every day. Every day. Make a point of it. Fasting cleanses our souls. Come on. Because it helps you to change some habits. <laughs> Fasting cleanses from habitual sinful behaviors or attitudes that victimize and enslave us sometimes. Fasting will help to cleanse us. Not just our body. And it will do that. But it will cleanse your soul as well. Fasting empowers our spirit man. That's where the focus is. Your physical man is just an added benefit. <laughs> Come on. At the end of the fast, you might say, well, you know, I did. I lost a few pounds. That's great. And that's an added benefit because you needed it. Come on. Oh, I can't talk about you. I need it. But it will absolutely strengthen your spirit, man. Fasting deepens our humility, whether you believe that or not. And you must be humble. Because you've heard it, it's a, the world has made it a cliche, but it is absolutely scriptural. Pride cometh before a fall. And we need some humility. There's nothing for us to be prideful about. Guarantee you. Fasting intensifies our prayer. Come on, it really does. Because you're so used to doing different things. You're so used to the hamburger. So used to doing whatever it is that you do. Ooh, this is hard. I need, I need to pray some more. <laughs> Come on, fasting will intensify your prayer. It intensifies, helps you to focus on God. Help me, Lord. Cry out for help from God. That's what he wants. Don't feel like you can do it all on your own. And by the way, let me tell you this. I'm not giving you an excuse, but let me tell you this. Should you slip up one day, that's not an excuse to just abandon the fast. Come on. No, no, no. God's saying, come to me. Repent. Talk to me. I'll help you. It's all right. Get back up. A righteous man falls seven times, but gets back up every single day. Gets back up. Gets back up every single time. Come on, somebody. Get back up. Fasting feeds your faith. Because now you got to spend more time in the Word. Now you got to spend more time uh, communing with God. And our faith needs to increase. Come on. Our faith needs to increase. All of us were given a measure of faith when the Lord deposited His Spirit in you. When He changed, when you became a new creature, you did get a measure of faith. Come on, Romans 12, 3. You got the measure. But we, come on, we need to increase our faith. Come on. We need to increase it. We need to believe, and we need some actions to go along with that belief. Come on. Fasting produces self-discipline in our undisciplined age. And I want to tell you something. We absolutely live in an undisciplined age. <laughs> we live in an undisciplined age. We live in an age where everything goes. This is, listen. And I'm not prophesying this. I just want to tell you that this is not the time of the Azusa Street Revival. This is not the time of some great revival where, uh, you know, the Holy Spirit is sweeping the land and people are running out into the streets proclaiming, proclaiming the name of the Lord. This is not that time that we're in right now. 
And I know history always repeats itself. There's nothing new under the sun. But I want to tell you, if you look around, now is a time where anything goes. Any sexuality goes. Any religion goes. Anything, just whatever is most important to you, that's what goes. No moral standard, come on. No high ground, no standards, just anything. Whatever is important to you, that's what goes. And it is an abomination to God. It's an abomination and it's a slap in his face. Because by doing that, you're saying, I know what's better for me than you do. The one who created me. The one who breathed the breath of life in me. The one who formed me in my mother's womb. The one who knew me before he formed me in my mother's womb. Come on. The one who fearfully and wonderfully made me. I know more than you. I know the way to go. You don't. Come on. That's what you're saying. That's what we're saying. Here's some personal fasting and prayer goals that you can have. I know you thought you were done writing. Just a few more things. Here's some, here's, some, here's some fasting and prayer goals. Seek God in a private, quiet place for an unhurried time. Okay? Go to a quiet place and seek him. I know we're all busy. You don't have to tell me about that. And I, I certainly don't have to tell you. And it doesn't matter, retired or not retired. We're all, there's always things. Sometimes I've talked to some people and they say when they get retired, it's, it, they're more busy than they were when they were working. Come on. So you don't have to tell me about busy. I understand busy. But what if God said, listen, I'm just a little busy. You called him up, Lord? Oh, Lord, I need you. Well, I'm, let me get back with you tomorrow. God never says that. He never sleeps or slumbers. So find a time that you can do it, especially during these 10 days. Find a time. Be purposeful about it. All right? Seek God for grace to fully surrender your life. Seek him for grace in every area, everything that he's called you to do. Seek him for grace. Seek God for faith to leave the past behind. Reach into a new God-ordained future. Seek him for that faith. Lord, give me the faith to leave all that behind and look ahead toward the mark for the prize of the high calling. That's what I want. Seek God to forgive all who have offended you. Come on now, some of y'all need to seek God for this. Seek God for that. Sometimes we think we forgive people, but we really didn't. Because later on that night, it starts coming up again. And now you're thinking, I should have said this, I should have said that. Well, did you really forgive them? Seek God for that. God, help me. You forgave me, and Lord knows I'm offensive. <laughs> Come on. Seek God for a fresh move of the Holy Spirit in your soul. And I'll add this, in this church. Seek God for a fresh, new. God loves to do things fresh and new. He loves it. Oh, it's a new day. That's why his mercies are new every morning. Maybe you didn't even use, maybe you had a good day yesterday and you didn't even uh, use up all of his mercies. Guess what? Tomorrow it's like manna. You can't use the mercy from yesterday because I got new mercies today. That's how God does. He does things new. It's new. Now the mercy for yesterday was yesterday. Even if you didn't use it up, he's an abundant God. <laughs> Seek God to awaken, a new, to awaken a new hunger for him. Awaken in you a new hunger for him. Come on. Lord, give me a new hunger. 
Seek God for power to resist the attack of Satan each and every time. Sometimes we do good, sometimes not so good. But seek God for that power to resist the enemy every single time. And I want to tell you something, side note about that one. Every time you seek God for more power, the enemy is going to come at you harder. But guess what? When the enemy comes at you harder, God gives you more power. God gives you more power than the enemy ramps it up a little bit. Enemy ramps it up a little bit, God pours on even more power. Now, let me tell you how it works, though. The thing about it is, Satan comes and he'll add a little bit. God comes and he's, you know, I know some of y'all might not like this, but God, God's like Vegas. He, you know, he puts in a little more. He said, I'll, I'll see that and I'll up it three times the power. So then Satan comes back with, with a couple, you know, with a couple other things. And God says, I see that. I'm going to up it 12 times the power. And the thing that I'm not sure if Satan understands, he should understand this, but I don't know if he understands. God's power is unlimited. He's just multiplying because he can. He can just put it all on there. Seek God for a breakthrough in salvation of people and the return of prodigals. That's what we're going to pray for in a few minutes. Seek God for a breakthrough in the salvation of people and the return of prodigals. Seek God, finally, for a God-appointed tipping point in your life. Here's what, something that's going to push you over the edge. Come on, some of us are right up to the edge, and we need to just get pushed over the edge. We're right up to the edge, but the water's a little cold. I don't know. There's the unknown. I'm not really sure if I should really... Seek God and give everything up like this or not. I'm not sure if I should abandon all the things that I know. Seek God because he'll come behind you and push you right on overboard. Right on over into what he has for you. Come on. What he has for your family. What he has for this church. God will do it. He will do it. And so it's important as we start this fast on Thursday... To understand these things, to understand where God is taking us, to understand that he wants to wake us up. Over in Zechariah chapter 4, the angel was talking to Zechariah, and Zechariah was kind of in a slumber, and, and he said, the angel woke me up, awakened me, said, what do you see? I see a lampstand of solid gold, and I see bowls on top of that, and I see olive branches. But he never would have seen any of those things unless the angel woke him up. This morning, will you allow God to wake you up? 